The luxury of oxygen mission. Missile is entirely seen. Pressurization complete. Oh. I like that. together here before we get started. everybody um it's me steve you're seeing me only barely in in frame here because i'm actually about to turn off my camera and go back to my icon all right we're basically doing the podcast today with some visual aids so um got a screen share up i'm currently looking at good old bakedinawake.com our permanent internet home um this is where you want to come if you want to stay in direct contact with me no matter what happens uh you know with any given platform that we may be guests on right including obviously youtube um to a lesser extent i suppose you know um any other place where i exist on the web besides here including my podcast hosting site i suppose again at the end of the day while while paying guests we're guests on these places um for those of you who missed it uh, I did have a landmark episode just a month or so back here. I actually sat down with and video conferenced with the one and only Tommy Chong of Cheech and Chong fame. That's who you're seeing on the thumbnail right up here. Um, just like this episode, you can view and listen to many other episodes of the show right here on bakedandawake.com. You come to the main homepage and you can begin to access all of, all of my content. Um, also up here ways to support the show so uh you know paypal patreon not really using it never really have done much with patreon um i do have some like perks set up through patreon now that believe it or not some people have gotten uh which was cool we got personal confirmation from jay old instagram friend longtime listener awesome person uh, that they received there or were about to receive their uh, first like little, you know, baked and wake art note card as a thank you gift from Patreon. Uh, Jay, let me know if you got that since we talked last. Okay, if you're still out there listening, and I have a feeling you probably are, my friend. I uh, hope you're doing well. Um, so yeah, so today, let's just sort of jump right into it. Let's get out of this, you know, baked and awake website self promotion and get back to the notes. <clears throat> so some of you may have seen this already. Tartaria did make the mainstream news finally recently. 
sipping my coffee here. We're doing this early in the day on a Saturday morning. Um, at the time when it came out, I saw the Bloomberg article right away. Um, you know, uh, seeing who was covering it, I was instantly, you know, it was a, it was a quick transition of uh, feelings and emotions. Uh, surprise, elation, skepticism, and, um, you know, jaded expectations, uh, which the latter of which was mostly born out to be the case with the type of coverage that we got uh, from Bloomberg on this. So what I thought I'd do is, you know, for those of you coming along and listening to the podcast, I'm going to be descriptive and do the same thing we always do. Uh, you'll have detailed show notes here and the links to everything you hear described on the on the YouTube uh, upload that I'm going to be doing with this as well. So this is, you know, perhaps a, a second way and a better way to get the info. But let's jump out to that link and see what I have here is basically the web search results on this. Okay, um, because I'm going to give you guys the TLDR on this. Um, here's their headline um, or the title of the article inside architecture's wildest conspiracy theory Bloomberg. Um, so it was published on April 27th. The link will be in the show notes. I'm literally not going to read a word of this article for you. You guys can go and check this out. You can also check out quite a bit of commentary that's already been iterated on this uh, by certain mud flood and Tartarian researchers who I hold in higher esteem uh, than any work that I've done myself. And uh, by all means, I think would be very qualified to, you know, share their reactions to this also, and perhaps even ahead of mine. But Bloomberg goes on in, you know, a like 2,500, 3,500 word um, profile to more or less, not surprisingly, cast the entire mystery in the light of a dubious conspiracy at best. Um, ignorant and uninformed at least and uh sinister and racist at worst in a lot of ways so um very much a you know a bit of a hit piece okay uh direct ties to QAnon uh were drawn in terms of the membership of the communities of people who believe in mud flood and tartaria and people who believe and follow the uh, QAnon uh, conspiracy and, and theories. Uh, I'm not going to reiterate my position on any of that in the least. I have gone into it at length and in depth on the podcast in the past. Uh, so you're either here listening and aware of my position on all of that or you're not, uh, but the context is there. Yeah, so the Bloomberg piece, all you have to do really today is associate anything with a community such as the QAnon community and, uh, you know, peppered with other really great sort of um, emotionally charged uh, name dropping as you know associating it directly with communities like 4chan uh and that the supporters can be found in talking about this in subreddits and on um social media platforms you know facebook groups uh and uh on parlor and stuff like that uh and they say it in the way of like Facebook groups that have also been known to contain these other objectionable opinions and, and, and theories, etc. Um, those being, again, like anti-Semitic, uh, more generally uh, racist, nationalistic type of tones. Um, you know, and again, without going into it, 
hopefully you know that for myself personally, uh, my interest in mud flood and Tartaria, the the mythology of this potential, you know, lost and obfuscated, renamed, uh, unnamed, unwritten history of a society exists out there. I have often likened it to Atlantis, to Camelot. Um, the Tower of Babel would be part of a Tartarian paradigm to me as well, Eden, Garden of Eden, uh, these things, such things, Shangri-La, right, Xanadu, uh, Tortuga, I could go on, okay, um, Doggerland, unknown, lost, subcontinent. So, uh, you know, the, the link that I've provided everybody is one to the web search on, uh, I literally just wrote Bloomberg Tartaria. You'll see right under the uh, Bloomberg link, you'll see a link with um, some uh, coverage of, of this by John Levy, a uh, YouTuber who I want to take the opportunity to thank for mentioning my own channel just a month or so back uh, and quite kindly on in during one of his own uh, philosophical examinations of, you know, some Tartarian mysteries. And, uh, there again, those of you guys who know what I do on YouTube, I've certainly created a few, uh, short videos where I've explored my own local surroundings here in the Pacific Northwest and looked at beautiful architecture that is terribly puzzling <laughs> to look at when you, when you observe it firsthand. And, um, I, do consider myself fairly uninformed as far as architecture goes by all means uh really out there just enjoying my environment and uh puzzling over things that indeed as a lay person you look at some of these features of buildings i say features with my fingers in the air here in the air quotes um, that just really have you wondering what what was going what was going on when this was being built? So, uh, but again, we've we've been over it. We've been over it. We're over it all the time. We love it. We can't get enough of it. We consume this this uh, content almost wherever we see it out there on on YouTube and in the wider web. And uh, you know, I only stop watching and listening to content on a mystery when I'm thoroughly tired of it and feel like. Maybe it's been solved as good as it's ever going to get solved for me personally, right? Uh, and so that's why we continue to talk about this mystery here on the podcast, because I keep looking at it and, and I keep enjoying it and finding it far more uh, rich and exciting and tantalizing than anything else. Many uh, people in the community, Mr. Levy among them, Andreas Exertis among them, myself among them, uh, would assert strongly that we're coming at this from a place of inclusion, unity, truth, and transparency, a, a, a faint and probably vain hope that by looking for ourselves with our own eyes and ears and buying books, old books, and looking at old maps where we can and sharing resources amongst one another in various communities out there on the internet in our content that some truth is seen now and then maybe a little more than otherwise would be and you know in my case too an extent I pursue and highlight the fact that things may have been changed, things may have been hidden, things may have been rewritten. We know that's the case with our own memories, our own personal lives, right? Constantly rewrite our own histories. Always, I'm sure, to our credit, 
if we're being real with ourselves. So why should history be that much different? History, again, <laughs> with the quotes. Um, but yeah, Tartaria is still a good time. I don't think being interested in the mystery of the mud flood or Grand Tartaria or Atlantis or Camelot or anything else that still turns your crank and gets you out searching deep on the corners of the web and sitting up late at night looking at your weird book collection that you've somehow amassed over the last few years. Um, which like me, if, if you're anything like me, most of it is unturned needs exploration needs citation citation needed um but whatever that is that's you know that's how we keep our brains working as adults i think i thought i thought that's what we were supposed to do that's what i'm always trying to do and uh you know if you guys will allow me we'll keep looking at this in as upright a fashion as we can and track you know, this development, how much traction does this perception of Tartaria gain with, you know, the Ma and Pa's out there, the Ma's and Pa's out there, the, 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 the normies, the squares. <laughs> so links in the show notes, um, you know, as always, it just starts right here in a stupid Google Doc, but that'll get you to the to the web search I just did and uh, right under John we see UAP um, underrated actual physicist I think is what UAP's uh, acronym there stands for amazing YouTube channel great YouTuber great great YouTuber uh, great Tartarian uh, theorist uh, UAP's got some interesting uh, theories not all of which I'm totally <laughs> you know totally on board with either uh, but absolutely love him uh, and a uh, great presenter, great presenter. Uh, then, you know, right below that, they are talking about it on Reddit. You know, it's not that 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 uh, Bloomberg was wrong that people are on Reddit talking about Tartaria, but uh, you know how you can craft a sentence for maximum impact and just sort of drop, oh, these uh, 4chan, you know, originated, uh, you know, uh, nationalistic weirdos who have been run out of several different subreddits and are known devotees of the QAnon phenomenon all believe Grant Tartaria blah 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 and this is an excuse for their all their darkest ulterior motives and and uh red pill speak which you know what's unfortunate is we've already talked about this and taken that head on a couple different times and talked about how all amazing mysteries uh, are co-opted by many different groups because everybody wants to make that their own something that's close to the truth will be you know loudly decried by some um and then simultaneously claimed in different ways as being the truth by many others mm -hmm. Yeah. Tartar is a good time, isn't it, everybody? <laughs> it is fraught, is what it is. It is fraught. So. All right, my little mouse. There we go. Come on back. Uh, here's, a, here's a fun one for you. Moving on. Let's move it on. Uh, we're going to go visit. Do I know how to use my computer anymore? No, not really. Can we go to see you, Satanic? Here we go. Uh, so, burgeoning area of interest for me, and uh, definitely something that I'm a rank rookie in, in all respects, but something you've heard me talk about a little bit in recent episodes is 
been trying to learn more about uh, home network security. We had to recently update our home routers and put in a new like Wi-Fi 6, uh, MIMO, fancy pants, mesh Wi-Fi network to try to get better coverage throughout the house because uh, we were dropping all the time. And um, leading up to that, you know, I was wanting to fix some of our old computer hardware as well. Just been messing with all this stuff. Um, been learning about or watching and following some YouTubers who track closely on the whole uh, sort of operational security of all of our home networks and business networks and like the state of, of the industry and, and society's systems because this stuff is all connected, right? We talk about big scary terms like the internet of things here. You can see from the channel I'm displaying on the page here, this channel Satanic is uh, something of a subject matter expert on web security. I do definitely see a, you know, bit of a interesting coincidence there in this person's username, Satanic, you know, sounds like certain things. Um, their content is utterly dry and perfectly relevant to web security. And I haven't seen a lot of or any, any commentary from this person uh, at all that's anything other than on the topics of, of the security, okay? Uh, they report, obviously, here, let's just, you know, let's let's move on from the name. If you don't like this person, go find another source for this. Uh, I, I don't know what to do for you, you know what I mean? Um, find my iPhone hacked, AirTag, Pwned. Uh, one of the articles I watched him upload about just a couple days ago was yeah i think on this same yeah he has a series called week web and uh, yeah new wi-fi attack new wi-fi hack affects all devices so we're not, gonna, we're not gonna play it. we're not gonna play it uh it's somebody else's content i don't know why i hadn't liked it yet but uh this is a great article that I'll also add to the show notes for you guys. So you don't even need to go look for it. This will be a good introduction to Satanic, um, you know, and this is what I wrote in my notes for you guys on that channel to stop blathering and stumbling over it. Uh, I put them in front of you because I consider them. What did I write here? Essential viewing for those who wish to avoid being pwned. Okay. Uh, over and over again. Uh, I still need to continue to work on my, uh, home network security. Uh, I've got stuff on our core network that should be offloaded onto a guest network. Um, many of your routers will support multiple networks. You just need to look into your particular settings and what's supported by the device in your home network. Uh, but really, many of you do have routers that support at least a guest network and sometimes two. And that's a great place to put all your little dumb devices like your home uh, security cameras, your nests and, and things like that. Uh, and we've again, talked about this in the past and we'll talk about it more in the future in detail, but, uh, these are things that you can do that are really great basic, uh, steps to begin to limit your exposure. Uh, because once you've offloaded all your, uh, dumb devices onto, uh, whether it's a guest network or a secondary network, uh, that you know, all what's on it and nobody else needs to add anything to it besides you. You can also then render most networks invisible and therefore they won't show up even when somebody comes along and wants to sniff around, which they literally in, in these cases, and, and let me go back to this tab just for a moment to remind you, this is what the, the, the point was. Almost all these devices are Wi-Fi. Okay. Therefore radio. Um, they're low powered, so they don't 
broadcast their existence super far away from you. Uh, therefore, luckily, in a lot of cases, yes, somebody kind of has to be like out on your block, rolling by, slow rolling the block or parked, smoking a cigarette and sniffing your networks uh, in order to actually successfully do anything to anybody. I ask you, you tell me how real you think that is, okay? I don't know. Maybe it's never happened to anybody. Oh, wait, we know it's happened to lots of people. So let's not act like we don't know that much at least. But um, have I been, you know, Wi-Fi pwned from outside my house by a lurker in a car? I don't think so. I don't think that's happened to us here. Um, but we've been pwned three or four or five or more times, probably over 10 times by now through different companies we do business with who we get the email from. That's like you're, uh, we're letting you know that your personal data was exposed in a recent da 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 da, da. Please uh, change, you know, we've done all this to save your butt uh, for you, magically fixed it all, but we need you to go change your password right now. that's happened to us so many times already. Um, and I know I've pwned myself by like signing up for dumb shit over the years too. Right. So that's another form of self ownership. <laughs> so uh, the long and the short of Satanic's video here was this Wi-Fi hack is called like a fault attack or a fault level attack. And it's just like this uh, really great sort of attack that whether stuff is password protected or not, if they're close enough to you and they know what to, to look at and uh, how to look for it, they can still intercept. In a lot of cases, they're again exploiting these IoT type devices, which are just on your network and that you forget about and that you're not actively monitoring or caring about. So unless you've got notifications out the wazoo set up for everything on the network, you just might not, um, you just might not um, even know that it occurred. So, uh, and this is WEP, that's super old school Wi-Fi that doesn't really work anymore on most people's devices, like your older machines, devices, and routers that have only WEP, like barely connect to the internet anymore, if at all. Uh, and then there's like WPA2 and uh, 3, right? And uh, even WPA3, the newest one that Apple wants us all to have on our, on our uh, networks at home, is also vulnerable to this type of attack so you know none of them afford any greater uh protection from it i think the fix for your home network basically comes down to again rendering your network invisible uh not uh not searchable and um yeah, changing default passwords, right? Like everybody's always supposed to do, which at least we've done that much around here. Um, and yeah, it's an ongoing battle to try to get fully independent and have only my own, uh, my own independent hardware on the home network. We still have our main like providers router I could not divorce the cable company's router yet from my system that's one more piece of hardware that i thought i had covered with the new and i said router twice there but i do mean modem with my new router because i thought the mesh network was a modem router combo. And while that hardware may be in the Orbi that I purchased, uh, that we got for the house, uh, of course, the way it's coming into the building right now, uh, the provider wants their own hardware or a separate piece of hardware in that layer. And I still haven't succeeded in figuring out how to make yet another multi-hundred dollar purchase to try to say, okay, well, now we have our modem 
and we want to use that instead of your modem that you're still trying to ding us, if I'm not mistaken, like 12 bucks a month for. So, um, you know, there's still no escape though, right? Because still to get the, they'll still turn the internet off at the wall if we don't want to pay for it. It's such a good time. All right, I'm, I'm obviously on a side channel on this one. Satanic channel will tell you a lot more succinctly about this risk and how to mitigate it. You can see they only took six minutes to talk about it. Uh, and I'm sure I've been talking about it for longer than that. Uh, here's one we're going to move on to fast, though, and keep it rolling. Because I, I, I seriously, I don't even know. Um, I guess I'm mentioning it here so that if you're listening on YouTube and you made it this far, then you can comment below about this. Uh, aliens are real and nobody cares. Right. And that is my that is my notes on this. Uh, and I go on to say there's no link. We all know it. I will add now for the sake of the discussion of, of this topic and the reason why I wrote the notes about it, uh, you know, is that we've all seen the coverage lately. We've seen the coverage for the better part of the last year or two. Um. While there's been a couple of more recent, several, you know, several, but not like a million, uh, several more recent uh, disclosures, those uh, first couple, the Tic Tac and that that one other one that was like flying low over the water, uh, going crazy fast, that I think Lou Elizondo and uh, Blink 182, Tom you know who I'm talking about, to the Stars Academy, guys, we're talking about a couple years ago. And, uh, you know, I, I am not going out of my way to give them a whole bunch of credit for breaking a, a bunch of uh, news here on this. But um, shouldn't the alien invasion have happened already? When it comes, are you even going to be pumped about it? I don't know. <laughs> Speaking of topics that we haven't spent that much time on here on the podcast, definitely aliens, right? Not, not as much. Not as much. I don't know why. I don't know why. I guess just because I've been, I've been fed enough alien content since I was a kid, right? So, comment below. Talk to me about aliens. Get me reinterested in aliens. You know, it was the ancient aliens era. That was a good era. That was a good time. We're back. We're back. Okay. Tried to uh, tried to press a button and press the wrong button and unplugged something after that because I was baffled at what I had done. And uh, of course, that something was my camera. So we should be back. Uh, Comment below. Talk to me about aliens. Get me reinterested in aliens. Ancient or contemporary aliens, right? All right.
Uh, definitely having trouble with my wireless mouse this morning. This thing is giving me fits. Um, I think I may. No, we'll just we'll just soldier on. We're almost done. Okay, so yep, talk to me about aliens, and I'm talking to you about something fun that I recently got into and that I'm super excited about doing and learning more and more about. Uh, I'm a licensed amateur radio operator now. Uh, I have my uh, amateur radio technician class license, which is the basic uh, permissions to get on the air with uh, ham or amateur radio as it's known. Uh, and that's like VHF and UHF radio frequencies and a, a very narrow section of the HF band, which is uh, a lot more robust for worldwide communication from what little I understand so far about how this all works. Uh, got interested in it for the obvious reasons, right guys? I'm a weirdo prepper guy and a dad. And of course, at a certain age, you just randomly start like metal detecting and getting involved in stuff like amateur radio or building ships in bottles or something like that. So this is what I'm doing. Uh, I find it incredibly interesting, incredibly interesting. I was commenting to Andreas Exertus and uh, Brittany Secretarian about this uh, the other day. We were having a Wilhelm Reich conversation uh, over on Andreas's channel. Uh, I can try to find the link to that if uh, you guys want to see that, if any of you have not, uh, and, and drop that in the show notes as well. But <clears throat> I was observing to them that in the course of studying for the uh, exam, which you do have to take a written exam uh, with some like interesting like webcam witnesses and stuff like that, uh, especially if you're doing it from your home, uh, okay? Uh, I certainly preferred doing it from my home and doing it virtually than, than trying to get up and go in and, and find an in-person um, examination, which wasn't really being uh, offered front and center at this particular time for obvious reasons anyway. Um, but yeah, like had to have my webcam on and sit there and do the test right in front of them. Um, and uh, But, you know, studied for just a couple days, two, three days for it. Um, I had been watching a lot of, you know, video content from, uh, various YouTubers, uh, ham radio prep, ham radio 2.0, ham radio dude. I'll definitely add some, uh, channels, great, uh, ham radio, like amateur radio channels, uh, for you guys to begin to follow and, and check into. Okay. Um, on this, uh, so that you can, if you, if you think this is interesting as I have found it to be, and I'm, I really mean it, like it is weirdly interesting. I'm talking meteorology. I'm talking like solar radiation, uh, you know, and, and, and understanding this stuff as it pertains to radio propagation, uh, the actual level of like overlap between these walkie talkies, this handset, you know, that we think of as like CB radio and so weird and archaic and your cell phones, guys, your TVs, everything out there, um, definitely the Internet of Things. They're all out there occupying frequencies that we either, you know, have visibility into or are adjacent to in our permissions in terms of where we can transmit, etc. Um, and just the understanding of the, you know, the fundamental sameness of the underlying technology between all these things, that being almost everything that we use and call Wi-Fi and think of as digital and think of as super futuristic is, uh, I, I, I'm learning a lot of it is like just radio underneath it all. Um, really interesting stuff, really interesting stuff. Um, the, the, scene for amateur radio is getting super good right now for several different reasons, not the least of which is digital uh, type radios becoming really common and huge networks of uh, digital networks that allow, you know, small handsets to communicate all around the world to send and receive GPS location data information so you can be in the backcountry um, you know, communicating with no subscriptions, no fancy satellite phone. Of course, that stuff works too. 
and can tie in and cooperate with the radio equipment. But um, in a lot of ways, you can go out and do your backcountry adventuring, whatever sort, uh, and you can reliably share your location without your phone and in places where your phone could never hope to work. Um, because these radio repeaters and the networks that those repeaters connect up and unify are operational further out. Um, it's amazing. And of course it has its limitations. Of course you can't, you know, expect to get signals out from inside a cave at the bottom of a fucking ravine. Okay. Excuse my French. <laughs> but studying for the tests begins to give you the concepts that you need to understand to grasp that, okay, we need to get somewhere where we can get a radio signal out. But if we can get to somewhere where we can get a signal out and someone back to us, we're in business. We're talking. We're still in civilization, in a sense. Uh, so I find that really amazing. Uh, and that's the digital DMR and Brandmeister and all these other different networks that um, I'm learning about. Uh, it's That's kind of like the deep end for new people, however. And I've been doing perfectly normal analog radio communication with like a $40 handset radio and making great contacts right here in the, my local backyard. Uh, and I learn every single time I turn my radio on because so many of these people are really amazing experts. They take it seriously. It's, it's a, it's a hobby that people begin to identify with as a bit of a lifestyle. You, you, earn a call sign when you become a radio operator you can then once you're licensed apply for and receive a vanity call sign um, if the combination is available and go buy a vanity call sign i met a cool operator from my local area on the radio last night when i was down and out of my local area i was down at dash point state park here um down like federal way zone, like right between Seattle and Tacoma, uh, met up with the family down there for the afternoon, um, and rode my bike down there. One of my, one of my motorbikes, the wizard. And, um, of course I brought the ham radio, right? Uh, so I'm at this state park and I heard several people talking on, uh, you know, I think I was on a different frequency than my normal one up here in the neighborhood where I catch the, the neighborhood repeaters and neighborhood nets. Uh, but let them talk for a while and uh, they were getting all getting ready to sign off and we were actually packing up and leaving. And I threw out one quick uh, call to say hello and get a radio signal check. And uh, this operator was right from my neighborhood up in Renton. Uh, so I was talking to somebody, you know, a good 20 miles away back up in the neighborhood uh, at her home. Uh, and uh, you know, Renton's kind of a big area. So it's, you know, it could have been give or take a few miles of that, but, uh, it was great. It was clear as day, uh, the, uh, transmission quality. And, uh, she said, my signal was real good too. Uh, and you know, we exchanged call signs. Uh, I haven't looked, uh, that operator up yet, but when you've, when you've got one another's call signs, you, you, you can actually access, uh, resources and, and, you know, see where other operators are in the world. And that's part of the fun of the hobby is confirming contacts in, in a way. Uh, people used to send a lot of uh, actual analog postcards in the mail to one another. I believe they're called QSO cards. Uh, really cool, uh, very collectible. Um, something I would love to find somebody's old collection of one day and, and see, you know, how many of those uh, call signs we can still find you know, active out there in the world. How fun would that be? Uh, so yeah, amateur radio, you guys. So cool. So, so, so much fun. Um, I studied on like a, <clears throat> on a paid curriculum. It was like 35 bucks. It wasn't even that much. I just, I didn't know I could, I didn't, I hadn't quite found all the free resources I've found since then. So you don't even need to pay 35 bucks to these people, but 35 bucks like took me all the way through and took care of my exam fee with 
uh, a volunteer agency, and that was like a Los Angeles-based amateur radio group, GLARG, Greater Los Angeles Area Radio Group, right? And um, they were super nice, uh, super professional. They were all volunteers. Um, like three people watch you take your test. It's it's super weird and interesting, but it's super cool because you're like, you take it just a little bit more seriously when everybody else takes it this seriously, right? Um and at the higher licensing levels, which I'm studying for my general level uh, license right now, you get more frequencies, permissions. I believe you get to use even higher powered transmitting power radios, okay, and build radios that's kind of like encouraged. They're kind of putting you down a track where you might want to begin to pull together your own radio. They're very componentized, right? You know, you'll have like a a base unit, and then you may have an amplifier for that unit. And many of them do have those in, incorporated into them as well. Um, so they can run with or without a secondary amplifier, but uh, you get the idea. Antennas, all that stuff. I'm out in my neighborhood spotting antennas on people's roofs. It's easier than ever nowadays because people don't have TV aerials up on their roofs anymore, do they? So if I see an antenna on somebody's roof, I'm usually pretty sure they're a radio operator at, at this point, you know, and, and they do look very different. There's a lot of different kinds. So uh, there's no telling uh, what they're into. You know, you, you build a different antenna for a different type of, uh, you know, a different area of frequencies and then the bands that you're trying to operate in, all of which is still really over my head. <clears throat> uh, yeah, this is me officially telling you all and asking you all and inviting you all, please join me out there on the amateur airwaves. I think they need younger, cooler, sharper, uh, vibrant people still doing amateur radio. It's they're really powerful communications tools and I couldn't be more excited to be learning about them. It's wild. Uh, hit me up, talk to me about amateur radio anytime. You can find me. Uh, I do have uh, like an amateur radio text chat room in my discord. So, and that's usually, yep, that's right there in the show notes too. My discord is there. So um, just below us, why doesn't my mouse work you guys? I just changed the battery like a day or two ago. It's like really been struggling. There you are, little mouse. Come on back. There's the Discord right there, you guys. All right, so that's that. Um, my call sign for anybody who's interested and who might already be an amateur uh, radio operator, licensed operator, is Kilo Juliet 7, Whiskey Quebec Kilo. And that is KJ7WQK. Uh, and that is not a vanity call sign. That is my like evidently very sequential, very super recent, because uh, I hear a lot of KJ7s <laughs> out there on the airwaves, uh, call sign. Uh, but I kind of like it, so I'm not in a super big rush to worry about trying to find a vanity call sign. Uh, you guys could suggest one for me. I can start looking into it. Uh, all right, guys, I'm getting ready to sign off. I wanted to highlight right down here... Um, and I'll end with the Discord there on the last line, but the, the highlighted text is uh, a couple of channels I want to thank. I do want to thank John Levy, who I mentioned earlier in the uh, episode in relation to his comments on the Bloomberg article. Uh, but John did indeed share my channel, mentioned me by name. His channel's like 10 times bigger than mine, and he's really good. He's really good. He's got an amazing, calming voice. He's got incredible uh, visual presentation and uh, evidence, you know, and, and uh, excuse me while I stammer my face off trying to compliment this poor individual. Uh, just a great channel, great body of work, John Levy channel. Most of you probably already know John Levy, but for those of you for whom I'm possibly informing at all go check them out links in the show notes right below that mick the host of rebel without a pause similarly out of nowhere without me asking without me saying a thing this guy you know i commented and did ask him to come visit my channel sometime because i've been a fan of his for a couple years already great tartaria mud flood researcher uh, i want to say he's irish so he's got a great accent. Um, hey, thanks for watching. That's my that's my Mick greeting. It's like every episode. 
you know, he's, he lets you go nice and quiet for a moment, and then you hear it. It's like, hey, thanks for watching. <laughs> and it's the best. You're like, hell yeah, man. I'm here for you. No matter what he says after that, I'm in. I'm telling you right now. Rebel Without a Pause. Uh, Mick mentioned my channel. You know, uh, he, he came through. He checked it out. He commented on my stuff and then said he was going to share my channel. And he did. Uh, like a champion. So uh, absolutely amazing. Another much bigger channel than mine. Uh, same deal. Paul Cook. Crusher. This guy is just a beast. He's constantly uh, releasing content right now. His... Uh, Visual presentation style is right there with these other guys. Just banging. Super on point. Uh, he's he's quicker than me. He's better spoken than me. He keeps it shorter than me. Um, and he's a hard hitter on Tartaria and Mud Flood theorizing. And um, I just noticed my subscriber count take a big jump the other day out of nowhere. And... Uh, I was like, what on earth happened? And he came through. I posted you know, on my community page basically saying, uh, you know, where'd you guys come from? I don't care, but welcome. And uh, he said, oh, yeah, I think I mentioned you, you know, in my recent video, brother. And I uh, went and watched the video that, uh, you know, was his most recent upload. And sure enough, uh, he had given a great and very complimentary unsolicited mention of my crappy content and channel. <laughs> Paul, thank you. I'm, I'm thanking you. I really am. Uh, and uh, thank you to any of his listeners who are and, and viewers who are here with us today. Uh, Greg J is the last one on the list. Greg is of everybody here. No knock on everybody I just promoted. You guys have heard me say it over and over again. I love Greg J. Go watch Greg J's channel. Electric Universe, Purple Dawn, Ganymede Hypothesis, all of it, man. Uh, Greg is, he's a great time. He's a great time, great channel. Another one who is um, just really unique. He's got a great area that he's carved out for himself that he is more than conversationally a subject matter expert in the stuff I just mentioned is like the 10th part of Greg's area of interests and the content that he's covered. He's has, he has guests on his show all the time. Um, long form interviews with amazing authors, many of whom are people who he had previously done content on himself. So uh, he was very, you know, up on these folks by the time he was able to get them on for the community and then talk to them. Um, great channel. Greg and I are in uh, light contact online. I'm a member of his Discord uh, community. I believe he's in there in mine somewhere as well. Um, great channel. We hope to sit down with Greg soon and uh, talk to him here and have him on and, and just talk to him about his whole channel and everything what he's all about. Uh, he's a musician. I mean, I could go on. Anyway, um, this has been fun. Thank you once again for letting me be here with you. Uh, right below Jay's channel there, you see the link to the Discord that I've mentioned a couple times. I'm still using that right now quite a bit for like my excuse for a social media presence, right? Um, and uh, all the other usual links are below that. So I would say for everybody who's on YouTube and who likes the YouTube content but is worried about like, you know, me needing a backup channel, um, just be aware, like I've mentioned before, there is that library and Odyssey. I think library, the name library is being retired and they're going to keep pushing us to the Odyssey uh, website, but this URL should totally work for now. Um, and that is like automatically that whole website updates. It pulls my YouTube uploads the minute they go up. So even if my YouTube channel were to like disappear tomorrow, the stuff on library slash Odyssey 
is all my YouTube content. That is in turn virtually all my podcast content because almost all of my podcast episodes have always been pushed straight up, right? Straight up to YouTube as well. So many of my uploads you'll see are just audio uploads. Um, so that's what's up there. Use that link for now. I'll update that to an Odyssey link for, for our next episode for sure. I'll get a couple ham radio contacts right below my note on being a ham radio operator right here above for you guys in the show notes for when this goes out on YouTube later today. And um, yeah, super excited about amateur radio. I think it's probably the coolest thing I've done in terms of preparedness for the family that we've done in years. And I am on, I'm doing my best to coax my wife along and bring her along and get her at least licensed at the technician level. Um, so we as a family can begin to complete that circuit as well. And she is working on it. So um, I'll be hopefully, you know, updating us with, you know, cool news there soon that we've got one more operator in the house and then we can really start having some fun with actually like, she'll humor me. She'll do some radio tests and things with us and uh, let me uh, do some stuff that we can share here on the podcast uh, for all of you. So you guys can see a little bit more of why I think it's so rad. So, um, yeah. All right. Get at me. You guys know how to get at me. Uh, everything is right there. Talk to us at bakedandawake.com is and remains the email of choice. Uh, thank you to my friend, Tony, for always listening so closely and uh, being willing to go back and appreciate the older content. I'm sure some of it is pretty rough sound production quality wise when you're getting back in like 2018 and 2017. Yikes. I, I cringe at the thought, Tony, but thanks for listening <laughs> to all of it. Um, I will update everybody speaking of that and uh, requests that I have gotten recently, including one from Tony. We'll get back in on Wall Street bets and crypto and Elon, like directly manipulating the economy and Bitcoin uh, lately uh, in an upcoming episode soon. Um, I'm still holding a little bit of GME and AMC, and uh, I have never sold any of either of those that we've uh, purchased up to this point, uh, because I do believe, still believe, that the underlying philosophy behind why both of those stocks were picked in the first place was sound, um, that being picked as reactions to hyper devaluation by the investment firms on the stock market, <clears throat> namely them shorting these companies into non-existence. Um, and yeah, and it's a, it's a, it remains a compelling and powerful movement that I think is going to have long-term widespread repercussions for the economy. Don't think crypto is going anywhere. People try to kill Bitcoin all the time. <clears throat> I am not a financial investor. This is not financial advice. Um, you guys know what to do. Be good to each other. Invest in something, anything. Invest in yourselves. And until I see you next time, smoke that indica and do shit anyway. Yes.